0: This is the Blaze Radio on demand.
1: The founder of this company ten years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who was selling his house, the founder of this this company, he's you know he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, "If this is what it's like for us." There's gotta be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with The Church
2: Boys podcast and I have one of my favorite interview subjects here today. Uh, Dr. Darrell Bach, a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary and the author of the new book, How Would Jesus Evoke? So, I'm just going to jump in and I'm going to ask you, how would Jesus vote? <laughs> well, the
0: book, the, the title is, is provocative on purpose, but the book is really about how Jesus would approach these issues. We're not so much after specific policy, we're saying we're having the wrong conversation. And the argument is both the left and the right cherry pick of the body. Therefore, we never get the real conversations we need to have. And we end up with gridlock because when. Things that are in are reduced to one side or the other. We never engage. And so the point of the book is to go through issue after issue after laying the groundwork about how our nation is structured. And issue after issue showing how this cherry picking principle works and how it gets in the way of the real political discussion we need.
2: And the result is gridlock because people begin and we have in effect tribalism going on in our politics right now. Yeah, how do you solve a problem if you can't get people to come together to discuss it? They're exactly only discussing right. it with themselves. That's exactly right?
0: right, and they're or they're they're so planning themselves on the truth of one concern that they have, and they're completely ignoring the reality of another concern that's out there that's also legitimate. And so that's the goal of the book. Now there are a handful of issues that I say don't work that way. I go through about oh, eight to ten issues, one at a time, and the bulk
2: of them do have this cherry picking. And then a few of them um, so would, like abortion, how would, is that an issue that That's one that's not so
0: much debated. Right. In other words, the Bible's very clear about the sacredness of life and the effort to protect life. So then the but what I do in the chapters to discuss the nature of the medical evidence, about when life begins and argue that even where we've set the parameters for allowing abortion go beyond what, where even that
2: consensus is. And so I raise questions about what that means ethically for the way we can do abortion.
1: Well, yeah, it's interesting because
2: polling consistently seems to show that Americans don't want abortion to be illegal. They want it to be illegal. You ask people what they right, think. Right. But that most Americans want restrictions on abortion. That's right. You know, so that's always fascinating to me because I think when you look at it, you probably bring a lot more people alongside. A lot of pro-choice people would be okay with some pro-life policies. You know, that would a yeah, effect. I think it
0: depends on how strongly
2: pro pro-life right. they are. But but still the point is is that,
0: is that where we are is not where we need to be. And and some of the point of the book is is that we have to realize we live in a country with different worldviews, different approaches. It's designed to be that way. We're designed to function as a pluralistic community. So how do you function as a pluralistic community with different views? When well, you advocate in the public square, you do the best that you can for the car that you have, but if you lose a vote, you need to learn how to lose well. You know, you continue your advocacy, but you've got to learn how to lose well. So the book is dealing with all those corporate dynamics. It opens with a picture of a car, it's saying a car is a wonderful thing to have. But if you're on the highway, 500,000 of your closest friends going in the same direction. The car can't do what it's designed to do. It's in
2: gridlock. And so, and I said in our politics, is kind of the same way. When you look at how things have been the last decade, you know, the last 20 years, the last two decades. Is this getting worse, this dynamic? Has the gridlock always been there? How do you. I think
0: it's getting worse. There used to be pretty solid negotiations that would take place between the parties. There are some very famous stories of old, very positive relationships that people had with one another, to one another. Uh, Eric Dirksen, back at the time of. Johnson and, John and so there are there are these relationships that existed that, that help people to talk their way through issues. We've lost that now. We, in the pursuit of kind of ideological purity on both sides, we've stopped talking to one another. And with the large amount of money that's involved in our politics, the special <laughs> interests, to politicians are holding in order to get raise the money to get reelected. Those dynamics have really um, damaged our political process in many ways.
2: Yeah, yeah. it seems like people are, and that's always a fascinating discussion too. You get into like campaign finance and how people, but it is very true that people are controlling candidates by the money they're giving to them. And another aspect is what, what uh, Juan Williams calls narrow casting.
0: in other words, broadcasting a particular niche so that all the person hears is their side of the story. And they never are open to or hear the different angles of all um,
2: now one of the issues you tackle in the book is gun control. And I don't want to give away anything you know from the book. <laughs> because that is an issue that it seems like and I'm gonna get myself in trouble by saying this, but and I'm a totally pro-second amendment, but it seems like there are certain things that people in this country value sometimes so strongly. I sort of think, God. Oh, imagine if you had this kind of like fervor about church or about like you know, right, the really important right. things like, Not there's anything wrong with again, maybe, for a second another, what how did you approach that topic? Well, every chapter first goes through the biblical, some biblical principles that gun
0: control. There are no guns in the Bible <laughs> long before guns ever showed up. So you've got to deal with how the Bible handles violence, revenge. Those the topics that feed into the use of families. So, So you've got an interpretive problem first in that you've got to negotiate. But then we go through and show, you know, on the one hand there are texts that, that allow for the protection of life, protection of your human But there also are also all those texts that say you use in effect as little violence as possible to achieve So how do you balance those two things? And the discussion is, what does that look like? So what does that mean for practical like background checks, making sure the people who buy guns at gun shows actually are checked as they buy things. That kind of. There are things that we can do that don't impact the Second Amendment, but that may make uh, criminal guns uh, more appropriate for, for their use. Now, the standard reply, of course, is, "Well, a criminal is going to try and violate the law," and, that, and that's true. If someone wants to violate the law, they're going to try and work. But you're also dealing with trying to restrict impulse killings and that kind of thing, or impulse depression that leads to suicides, those kinds of scenarios. And in making your gun control work in terms of the way it registers, people, wages or psychiatric background, etc. Seems to me to be a reasonable application of the Second Amendment. So the chapter goes through lays out the principle, says the issue is balancing things. It. How do you balance them? And then looking at our policies and saying what kinds of
2: things can we do to tighten up where we are? Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating issue because on one hand, and not to go too far into, you have and I've said this to, to a lot of conservatives, um, you know, they're so afraid that guns will be taken away and but really, the, the argument of you know keeping the citizens as armed as the government kind of falls flat because the government's already way more armed than the citizens. Right? Yes, we right. So and I'm not advocating that certain things should be taken away or anything. Right. but I mean, you we, we can't really get a machine gun. It's very hard to get a machine gun. Right. 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 Uh, so you're already at a disadvantage when that when that's sort of your your argument. And I, it does seem like there has to be a balance on that issue that I think is hard to find. So it would be nice to be able to
0: raise the issue of good solid background checks and keeping your records up to date. Uh, and and not have well you're going to take the Second Amendment like right. argument come back to you because that's not what's on the table right right
2: right right and
0: and, and so it, and so each chapter of the book kind of goes through this kind of discussion I mean we cover healthcare we cover immigration we cover education the education of life in globalized world war and peace. Um, we cover you know all the standard issues yeah. that people are discussing today and almost all of them have this balance question in which the left and the right both are citing when they get religious biblical principles, but they're only citing some of them.
2: Right. And so okay,
0: so they can dig in on the Bible on the thing that they want to argue for, but they are not letting you know if I can use the old Paul Harvey line, the rest of the story. <laughs> and 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 you want you want a discussion that deals with all of them. Yeah, and I think, too, it's
2: interesting in politics, timing, right, you know, when it, and not to believe the gun discussion. I think part of the problem is whenever there's a tragedy, if you're saying we need gun control that day, right. and, and the proposals you have may not be bad, right. but they wouldn't solve that problem, that particular problem. It, right. it creates that sort of, whereas maybe there's a time that these people could come together and right. try to have that discussion. Um I'm going to ask you a controversial question. Okay, Is there a political party, and I know that people in each party would say yes, that is more in line, not 100%, but more in line with the Bible? I really do think it depends on what you're talking about and how these
0: balances work out. So I, the original idea of this book was to have a topic and have a... Elephant stand and a donkey stand on the top of it, and have one of them have a check and one of them have a cross line to show which party was more aligned. And the premise was going to be that as you move through the issues, that thing would be switching to the right. issue that you're talking right. about. Um, uh, because, for example, issues related with the concern for the poor and that kind of thing, uh, dealing with poverty. One party tends to be, generally speaking, more sensitive, but on 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 the value of human flourishing and how business can help human flourishing, another party tends to be, you know, more favorable on, on that. Part. So why can't they come together? <laughs> well, because they never have these discussions. Right. They right. never have the discussion. What's happened in our country is we become a, a, a politics of the flanks. Yeah. Okay. We've got we've got one end of the spectrum debating with the other end of the spectrum. Then there's this group in the middle, and they actually only get to speak every four years during an election. They swing the elections, but they aren't represented in Congress. And they aren't represented by the, by the way we draw the districts, etc. And so so they're they're the silent center until the election. And then they vote and they they sway and then we get four more years. And what do we
2: ended up with as a result? We ended up with a lot of divided government. Which was the I mean the promise of this administration and I think the reality once you get in is very different right. is that there would be less division that we would come right. together. And, and I think that hasn't happened, obviously.
0: Because because the parties don't talk to one another right. They each represent their own constituencies. One of the points of the book is is that we've lost the concept of the common good, we've lost the concept of human flourishing as part of our political discussion. There are other interests that come in first. And as a result, I don't think of the other person as my neighbor who's different. I just think about my own self-interest. That produces tribalism. And so, so we just have to have a different orientation if we are gonna really apply the golden rule love your neighbor as yourself, and think about what that involves. And we we have that kind of, uh, of discussion. And the book also discusses how to maintain your convictions in the midst of that. This is not compromise with mere compromise. This is This we're talking about genuine engagement. But we're also talking about an engagement that
2: recognizes that on this point there's not a neutral principle involved. Maybe there's a way to come together. Yeah, I mean, this is a time in which I think a lot of Christians, in particular, feel nervous. They feel. Kind of push into a corner. I mean, there's there's a cultural tie that, that has time. come in, and there are changes that have been made. And I think you know, people paying attention aren't surprised by that, maybe. But I think a lot of Americans are because they're busy and they haven't maybe paid attention to that. How, how do you process that as a Christian? Well, I think that there's
0: a whole tonal thing. This is actually going to be a whole another discussion, which is that we've been engaged in decades of cultural war. All that's done is pushed the sides away from each other. I do a talk in which I talk about, I called my heart transplant message on culture, I want to take the heart of a multi warrior, I want to turn the heart of an ambassador, but actually if you look at the scripture, the way in which we engage in culture is as is ambassadors, people? how does an ambassador interact with the country that he sent to, even if it's a hostile hospital. Um, how do you how do you how do you negotiate that space? It's That's different important. than thinking about cultural cultural war. Our our war is against spiritual forces. But our task is almost like a delta rescue operation which you're trying to rescue people out of the clutches in the hands of someone else. How do you do that well? When you don't do it with the kind of anger and only
2: confrontation. That's a great point. Do you think and maybe this is just crazy, but I've often wondered with, with the right kind of having this culture war and, and uh-huh. the Christians were having this culture war. Now that's kind of subsided now, and they're in the corner, right? Uh, and it's actually, in my mind, sort of led the left to have their own culture War. That's the correct. They're the pushing back. The war. You get what you get, right? Yeah. So one culture war sparked another culture That's war, right. and now it, the first one was winning for a while, but now the second one is really winning.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and there isn't that negotiation and discussion going on. You know, if you don't agree with gay marriage, you're a bigot, and we're right. make sure you shut your mouth. Right. Now, but but beforehand, it was a little bit the other side of I mean, you. Yeah.
0: We're not, not going to talk about that. Well, the great <laughs> irony is, is that the very thing. Dialogue, the right to speak, etc., etc. is now what's coming from the other end. Now right. that they have the power, which shows that humans are the same. Right, when regardless of whatever other... side of the debate you're right. on, they yeah. tend to react to power the same way. And the question is, can we have a society in which people's consciences are conscious, in which we do have discussion, but I don't force you to bake a cake you don't want right. to bake? Right, you know, uh, this doesn't seem complicated. Yeah, especially when yeah. you can go down the street and get a perfectly nice cake. You know, so um, that kind of thing. Is there a way to civilly disagree with one another uh, in the midst of having differences? And then the call of people in the church is not so much to change the public space, but to invite people into sacred space because when they're invited into that sacred space, that's when they're thinking about the engagement change. You know, good legislation without parts is a little bit of a trivial exercise. I tell people, if you want to know what good legislation without hearts looks like, read your Old Testament. That's why we got a new covenant. And so, uh, uh, you know, and, and so people think politics can do too much. When in fact, all politics can do is it, it impacts the environment. It's significant. It impacts the circumstances of the environment that I live in.
2: But without changed hearts, laws mean very little. So, my final uh, question for you, what are you uh, hoping? You touched on some of this, but what are you hoping hoping that readers take away? What's the the central takeaway of the book?
0: There are two takeaways. One is I want people to think through how they engage with political listeners and do a better job of listening to the other side. The second thing that I want to do is is to change the way we talk, to think about what actually should feed into the discussion of this issue. Some pursuit of common good, some pursuit of the issues of human origin, need to Need to be a part of the impact. If we do that, we can have a different kind of conversation. I think it'll be a better conversation, and then I think we have a chance at actually getting some legislation
2: accomplished, so that we can function. Listen, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. My pleasure is always.
1: There's gotta be a better way. There is. Real estate agents I trust, dot com.